0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. Storms at Sea is the thread that weaves its way through both our first reading as well as our Gospel this weekend. Look at both before finishing up with the second reading, taken from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Most everyone has some familiarity with the book of Job. In it, different calamities befall Job as the Satan and God watch on, wondering if Job will curse God. After an extended portion of speeches from Job's friends, all in an unsatisfactory way, Job cries out, Just who does God think he is, allowing all of these terrible things to happen in my life? After asking this question, the Lord God himself speaks to Job. And that's where our excerpt picks up at Mass. The Lord addressed Job out of the storm. As the conversation between God and Job progresses, God basically says, Just who do you think you are? I'm God, and you're not. That's the sense of our first reading, in which God describes when He set limits for the sea. At the time, there was so much unknown about the sea. Remember, people didn't know about the seven continents. And so many ancient religions included a story in which the supreme God battles the forces of the sea, symbolized by a sea god or goddess. But the story of Job differs because from the first moments of its existence, the sea is subservient to the Lord God. There's never a moment when God has to battle the sea. Rather, the sea is described as being birthed. And as the sea emerges from birth, God makes the clouds, its garment, and thick darkness its swaddling bands. He's in control. Now, interestingly enough, we're not told that God is the source from which the sea is born. Rather, God is the one who sets limits and speaks to the sea to calm it. Notice how God's divine word, spoken to the sea, is emphasized. Thus far, and no further. That becomes important when we consider our gospel reading, which is very much linked to our first reading. It's the calming of the great storm at sea, as recounted by Mark's gospel. This could be taken out. The author does a great job of heightening the sense of danger in the story, saying that it takes place at night and describes the storm as a violent squall. These sort of storms are actually natural occurrences at the Sea of Galilee. Since hills surround the lake, wind is funneled through the steep valleys next to the water, creating dangerous whirlwinds. Now, the story itself has many parallels to the story of Jonah. Jesus is asleep on a cushion in the boat, just like Jonah too, who, as we hear in the first chapter of his book, had gone down into the hold of the ship and lay there fast asleep. Also, both the fishermen in Jonah's story and the disciples in the gospel confront the one sleeping with questions of, what shall we do with you? Don't you care that we're perishing? But where Jonah is thrown into the sea, Jesus simply speaks to it. Pay attention to how Jesus calms the storm. He doesn't pray to God for the storm to stop. No, he simply talks to it himself. He gives two imperative commands, each just one word in Greek. Quiet, be still. The fact that he offers so little words shows that he is absolutely in control. Our second reading contains several famous lines of St. Paul. The first, the love of Christ impels us. Yet a good question asked by scholars is just what Paul means by the love of Christ. Is he talking about his love of Christ, or is he talking about Christ's love of him? In other words, in which direction is the love of Christ? Is it Christ's love of Paul, or Paul's love of Christ? While it certainly could be both, the consensus among scholars is that Paul is referring to Christ's love of him. Recognizing how much Christ loves him, Paul is then impelled by this love. The second famous line is where we'll end this setup. Paul says, From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. What does he mean by this? Because certainly we can't totally stop seeing people in the flesh, right? It'd be pretty tough. We have to understand according to the flesh, not so much in an adjectival way, that is, as an adjective describing that which we're seeing, but rather in an adverbial way, that is, as an adverb describing how we see. The Christian, for Paul, no longer sees others according to human standards and the values of Roman culture. Remember, of course, that Paul himself saw Jesus this way before his conversion, and thus he says, Even if once we knew Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him so no longer. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend.